Welcome back to the Faith Awakens podcast. This is the 12th episode. This is Father Tom Chaplin at St. Ambrose University, and as always, joined by... Uh, Megan Grady, still here, still a student, taking a summer class, so still a student. So. Yeah. What are you taking? Exciting. I'm taking a um, a theology class. It's like an independent study with uh, Dr. Powell. So. Nice. What's it on? Yeah. We're going to read... So we were just... Um, she was nice enough to do one with me because I figured I'll just take a summer class because, you know, what am I going to do anyway? Uh, um, so we were kind of working out what it's going to be on, and I'm going to read, like, three different memoirs and then write, like, a research paper at the end. So, Okay. Super yeah. Nice. And uh, so are you a theology minor at all, or are you just picking it up for your gen eds? Yeah. No, I'm a theology minor. Ah, okay. Good. So that'll that'll help toward that. Good. Might as well keep busy. So right, exactly. Yeah, I um, I actually I had my my orientation meetings virtually for my doctrine ministry program thing. So that was um, okay. A little scary as they start to realize, uh, yeah, it's going to be a work. I mean, I'm writing papers and stuff again, which I've not written a serious academic paper in 15 years. So um, yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting, but um, I'll get through it. I think so. I'm excited about it. And they're still planning on, we're supposed to have in-person classes in July for two weeks, and they've got all sorts of plans in place for how to space us out because there's only seven of us in this cohort program. So they can, they've got all sorts of protocol in place for how to do this. And, you know, if it's still not great by then, they can just say, well, it's going to be digital, you know, by Microsoft Teams or some such technology. So, but I'm hoping it will be in person because... I prefer that style of learning, and most of the rest of the program is online. So whatever we can do in person, I am for. Right, and I feel like seven, a group of seven is, like, a little bit easier to meet in person, like, it's a little bit Yeah, um, I mean, they can even to... space us in the classroom, and, yeah. yeah. So it'll be, it'll be fine. But, yeah, so that'll be, hopefully. Well, good. So... Um, all right, so we had a couple ideas. Um, first of all, I just want to say on this podcast, I was looking up the description of it on Spotify, and it talks about you know how we talk about like ministry and and also we talk about um, you know pop culture. But really, the only thing pop culture that we talk about on this show is Star Wars so far, for the most part. Maybe a few other shows here and there. So it's just not it's not my thing. Like I'm not like immersed really in pop culture other than some of those things. I don't really pay attention to a lot of that stuff. I haven't had a TV in a while, so I don't really keep up on all of that. I have like zero interest in celebrity gossip and all of that kind of thing. So, you know, if we're going to talk about pop culture on this podcast, Megan, it is all you because um I am I'm kind of disconnected, you know. So. Yeah, well, I I feel like some a hobby of mine, I don't know if you call it a hobby, more like an addiction maybe, is sometimes I'll look up a, an actor and then I'll just do like a deep dive into Wikipedia and I'll be like, oh, they were married to this person. Oh, they had this kid. And it's like an hour later and I know everything about like Brad Pitt or something. There you go. So I'm full of useless knowledge like that. So if I ever <laughs> consult you on Celebrity Matters, I feel like I can get that. Good deal. Well, the other topic we seem to come upon a lot because it's a shared hobby, um, I guess, is running. So, um, yeah, so I thought we could talk about that because I had mentioned to you um, that I've been probably running and or walking more. I don't run every day, but I try to at least do one or the other 
every day. Um, and especially walking, I notice, I notice a lot more walking than I do running because you're just taking things at a much slower pace. Um, but also running, there's just things that I have been more attentive to or have seen uh, and observed uh, in recent weeks because of all of this and because of my running routines that I thought might be interesting to share. So um, I don't know if you have some similar things like that. I'll give you my list. Here's Okay. Here's my number one thing that I notice running and or walking. Terrible drivers. Terrible yeah. drivers. And I don't know if it's just a, I don't think it's just a quad city thing. I'm sure in your little small town, there's terrible drivers too. But maybe it's because when you're not in a car, you don't think about how fast you're going. Uh, you know, like maybe I'm as bad a, a driver as the people I'm kind of shaking my head at when I'm out walking and running. But no, I don't think so. There's no way because they are, I mean, no. they're doing, they're like tearing up Brady Street at 65 miles an hour. I'm like, how come that person doesn't get pulled over? So, um, and yeah, just really pretty bad drivers. Um, I noticed that a lot more uh, being a pedestrian than I did driving around all the time. So that's the yes. first thing. Second thing is there's just a lot of cool houses that I've never noticed before. Like, oh, that's a cool house. Oh, there's a little house back there. Oh, that's kind of, you know, you just notice that kind of stuff that you maybe drive by every day and don't see. Um, and so I just, the neighborhoods that I've been running around are pretty much in the Ambrose neighborhood because I just, you know, run out my back door and head some direction. Um, and so I've noticed a lot more of that kind of thing. And of course, a lot of people have the hearts up in the windows right now. And a lot of people are you can tell like doing things around their home homes and making their homes look nice and doing what they can during this time of social distancing. So I've noticed that a lot more. The third thing that I've noticed a lot more in my runs and walks are hilarious squirrels. Um, and squirrels are already hilarious just by nature. I think they are uh, one of God's funniest creatures um, by far. They're just naturally funny. They just they, they're like they, that nervous energy that they have. They're just, they're hilarious. Um, but in particular, the other day I was running, and I saw we have a lot of uh, black squirrels in the Quad Cities, which some people are like, well, you have black squirrels? Like, yeah, all over the place here. I haven't noticed them too many other places, honestly, but um, it's not uncommon at all to see a black squirrel here. But this one was a black squirrel with, like, a, like a bright reddish-brown tail. So it was, like, obviously, you know, kind of a, a, a hybrid <laughs> Of sorts, wow. but it was, the, it was actually a really cool color, color combination. It looked like it had its tail done or something like that, like it had highlights done. Um, so it was like the body was all black, but the tail was like that bright red, like more like a red or a brown squirrel would have. And I thought that is really cool how genes work um, and how that happens. But the other one that I saw, and I don't think this was genetic. I think there may be some physical factors for this. There was a squirrel, actually it was in like the uh, lower Galvin or the McCarthy parking lot. And it looked really strange to me. And I realized the reason it looked strange to me is it looked like um, the fur on its top half, like its torso was completely or almost completely rubbed off, like it was very close to the skin. But the fur around its legs was normal. So it looked like a squirrel wearing pants or a squirrel whose shirt was at the cleaners or something. Oh, and it just, it just made me laugh so hard. But what I suspect is happening is that this squirrel has like a little hideout in a tree somewhere in a narrow little niche or something where it has to, it can just get its head and its torso, you know, to hide nuts or feed its young or whatever. And so it's yeah. constantly rubbing off the fur on half of its body as it's doing this. That's my only theory on why the squirrels seem to be... <laughs> 
half wearing... naked. <laughs> but it was the whole, most hilarious thing. And of course, yeah, the combination of its squirrely antics and the fact that it looked like it was wearing little furry pants <laughs> was absolutely hilarious. Yeah, I love finding stuff like that, like stuff that makes me laugh on the run. Whether I'm listening to like, um, usually I'll listen to podcasts and I'll be laughing at that, or just things that I see running like the squirrel with pants that would have killed me. But I like start laughing and then, but I'm running alone and there's no one around me. Yeah, so, like, it looks bad, I, doesn't it? And people, I think people just assume I'm listening to music. And I'm just like, I'm laughing to myself. They're like, oh, my gosh, what is wrong with that woman? But, you know, <laughs> that makes me joy. And, you know, uh, and I'm, like, spending my breath laughing and not, you know, breathing in and out. So then I'm, like, a little winded from laughing. But, yeah. Yeah. No. I feel you on the bad drivers, though. I I mean, there are some not-so-good drivers in my area, but Davenport is a whole – other a whole other environment people just don't care and when people care i always say like i always think okay either that person is a runner or they know a runner like yeah because they and let us cross the street like or they're just nice they could just be a nice person but i don't know yeah but yeah agree well probably where i'm running and where the university is situated too of course we're close to some main thoroughfares with those one ways yeah. harrison and brady and those, you know, kind of tend to have people zipping down them and stuff like that. So I get that. But still, it's, yeah, it's kind of crazy. I I don't know. I just, maybe I'm turning into that crotchety old man that's just like, oh, river snappers. They're <laughs> racing their hot rods around yeah, here. Yeah. There's a squirrel with pants. Look at that squirrel with pants. <laughs> you got it. Yep. <laughs> I hope I talk like that when I'm old. (laughs) If I don't, I will, I will like adopt that, uh, that accent if I don't naturally acquire it. I'll come back to campus and visit you and you better be talking like that. That'll be great. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, speaking of being old and, um, I thought maybe I'd bring this up too. I've been in the process of packing because I'm going to be moving out of the house I'm living in to um, a, an apartment in Ambrose Hall, the fourth floor of Ambrose Hall, the haunted fourth floor of Ambrose Hall. Um, so okay. I'm moving in there, I don't know, in a couple of weeks, I hope. Um, so I've been in the process of kind of unpacking or in some ways discovering things that were packed before that I didn't realize were there, or at least not for a very long time. So it was like a little trip down memory lane because I ran into, I found um, almost all of my grade school report cards, Uh, And some notes from teachers and things. And, um, yeah, so that was a lot of fun. And it was actually really humbling to go back through those. And also most of my junior high report cards. I I don't know why I didn't see my high school. No, I think my high school ones were in there, too. But it was actually very humbling to go back through that and realize just how average a student I was. (laughs) I mean, I was not a bad student. I was a very B and A, A, B student. But I'd say probably half and half or maybe more B's and A's and even some C's in there and stuff like that. I'm like, well, I was not, I was not like, you know, well, math was my, my Achilles heel for sure. So, um, that was not my strong suit. Um, so yeah, just realizing, yeah, I was a pretty average student was very humbling. 
Uh, what else did I find? I found um, I found some old newspaper clippings from high school, and of course, our radio listeners, uh, our podcast listeners, can't see this, but this is from my uh, my high school. Uh, or this is no, this is from the Atumwa Courier, which is our hometown newspaper here. Um, and uh, see, there's there's me in high school wow. as a as a high school debate student, and it says student skill isn't debatable. Ha <laughs> ha. Get that? Oh, um, oh, OHS oh, debaters finished 13th at nationals, which we did my senior year. We were pretty good debaters. Um, so yeah, I found you, a bunch of those old newspaper that. clippers. You couldn't see that, but he looked like he was the coolest kid in school, Father Tom, in that picture. I look like, um, no, I look like a nerdy beetle. I look, I've got kind of the mop top, long hair bangs thing going on, big time. There's some other ones in here that are similar. I'll see if I can. So yeah, I, I uh, oh, there we go. Yeah, yeah. So nice. I had yeah. So that was fun to find all of those uh, those newspaper clippings. Now um, on a more kind of spiritual side of things, these were cool finds. I found my. You, I don't know if in your home parish when you did your first Holy Communion. Uh, did they? You, did you have to have like a banner with your family's name on it that you put on the end of the pew because your pew you didn't have to do that? Or you didn't I think get we had just like a piece of paper that said reserved. Like it was a big thing for a while, and I think still maybe in some parishes that the first communicants had to make like a first communion banner, or their family had to make a little banner that would be put on the end of the pew to effectively reserve their pew for that family for first communion. So I found my first communion banner, which. My mother, I'm sure, I know my mom made. Um, I don't think I really helped her with anything. Maybe with, I probably didn't do a thing on this, but there's, there is my actual First Communion banner, lovingly wow. painted um, on some uh, burlap here, I believe, or some other kind of fabric like that um, by my mother. So that was kind of a nice thing to find uh, with our family name on it there to reserve our pew. And then I found um, my, uh, so I went to World Youth Day in 1993 in Denver, Colorado, when Pope John Paul II, uh, Pope St. John Paul II, uh, came to Denver, Colorado. And I found my 1993 World Youth Day participant pass. So there's a little piece of history from um, when John Paul II came to Denver, Colorado. And I was... uh, Oh, let's see, that was the summer between my freshman and sophomore year of high school. And I was thinking about, gosh, 1993, what else did I do? I also went to Lollapalooza 1993 in Des Moines, Iowa. That was in June. That was in June, and World Youth Day was in August of that summer. So what a summer 1993 was to go to to Lollapalooza in Des Moines and then uh, World Youth Day in Denver, Colorado. So all of that was a, a, a trip down memory lane. How far Lollapalooza has come since you've been there? I'm sure. I don't really know what it's like now. When I was when I was in high school, it was it was a grunge thing mostly. There were other bigger bands, but of course, you know, like the headliners that year were like Primus and Alice in Chains and Tool and Rage Against the Machine and so yeah. I mean, it was it was not. I, I don't think it is now like that. I don't really know what it's like now because again, I do not pay attention to pop culture anymore. So. Oh but goodness. that was a fascinating I, summer. Yeah, knowing I, I, you know, as a person that's never been to Lollapalooza, um, I can't really speak on what it is now. But I'm, I'm almost positive that's a lot different than it was, especially because it's not in Iowa anymore. Which, when you told me that, I was like, 
was they used to go all over. That's crazy. That was the reason we went is because it was coming to Des Moines. So a buddy of mine who was really into the music scene and, and all of that kind of stuff, he's like, we got to go, and it's going to be in Des Moines, and my mom can drop us off <laughs> and pick us up. I think we had to leave early, so we didn't get to hear the last act or two of the night, but yeah. I also found, do they still do letters, like, um, in high school, like, for a, so I found my old letters, and I am so kicking myself for not getting an official letter jacket when I was in high school, because surely if I had these letters on my letter jacket, I would have been the coolest kid in school. Here they are. Here is a letter for debate with the gavel on it. Mm-hmm. That's the gavel, guys. You can't see it. So you yep. Here is a, here's a letter uh, for student council. Yeah, oh. including several pins because I was the I was the secretary one year and I was the president my senior year. There you go. Um, nice. And then my my uh, Torch Club National Honor Society um, letter. So like, man, why did I not get those put on a cool leather no. letter jacket? Uh, gosh, I wouldn't have been beat up at all. I'm sure. <laughs> Or like a cool, like my dad has like a sweater, like a Letterman sweater. I have a Letterman jacket. Um, what What did you letter in in high school? Uh, you know, just the most popular clubs and sports, um, cross country, you know, right mm-hmm. up there next to football and popularity. Um, mm-hmm. uh, just kidding. Uh, and it should be. Uh, track in the spring. And then I was also in choir. And then I think that's all I had letters for, but. I'm trying to remember. No, that I was involved in more, but I think that's all I got letters for. But yeah, you know the coolest, the coolest one. No, I got one for academic team. That's what made me think of the uh-huh. debate team. I was an academic, academic team. team. I so was like, not was that like quiz bowls and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. Quiz bowl. Yep. Awesome. Yeah, that would have been a cool letter jacket or Letterman sweater. Yeah. Maybe those will come back, but I missed the opportunity. So. I also found my, uh, and I didn't, I didn't bring that over to, uh, to, to for show and tell here, but um, I found my official St. Ambrose graduation picture, and that was kind of a nice trip down memory lane too, because we're in graduation season here still, and that was one of the last years that it was still out under the oaks in front of Ambrose Hall. So, um, and a few years after that, they I think got so large. Plus, you were always, you were always. Uh, you know, kind of uh, seeing what the weather was going to be like. And I think one year a very large tree branch fell and destroyed several chairs, um, thankfully, before anybody was sitting in them. So they decided, you know, it might be good to move this indoors somewhere. But um, I found that picture as well. Uh, you should have them post that on um, the campus ministry, like, social media so people can see you and your cap and gown. That'd be cool. Well, may- yeah, that's not a bad idea. Maybe I'll bring it over here and, and see what Lauren can do with it. So. Yeah. Okay, we've been saving some of the best for last here. We have given each other this little assignment, and I don't think I did very well in it, honestly, but we were tasked with who among the St. Ambrose faculty and staff would we cast for various roles in the Star Wars universe in the movies. Um, And I think we had different approaches here because I think you were pretty good about coming up with all the main characters and finding someone for them, right? 
Well, I yeah. I just couldn't do that. I I really tried. I tried, but I was, there was just some that I just couldn't find anybody for. So rather than do that, I kind of went through my directory and I found people that I thought, oh, they would be the perfect this or that or this. So I have just yeah. a handful of people that from the current faculty and staff here at St. Ambrose University that I would cast in very specific roles um, within the Star Wars universe. So uh, why don't you give us your list or let's tra- let's trade off a little bit. You give part of your list, yeah. I'll give part of mine. Okay. And let me say we didn't do the – we didn't cast really um, – like all the characters we tried to like narrow down to like the main uh ones that we thought uh were like the main characters obviously people have differing opinions on like i think what like constitutes a main character in star wars universe but this is our list so don't okay. don't come at us miss a character okay i'm gonna start with darth vader and i have i have one of the let me just say before i say this one of the nicest people i've ever met and the reason I picked him for this is because I think really nice people can act evil really, like, really well. If they're, like, acting in a play or anything. Um, so I picked Ryan Sadler, shout out to Coach Sadler, um, as Darth Vader. Um, okay. You can see nice. the gravitas there, you know, of that role. Yeah, okay. I can yeah, see it. I think he flip a switch and just act uh, mean. So I think that would be a good one. Okay. Um did you have anybody for Darth Vader? I didn't have anybody for Darth Vader. I couldn't. I, I think I was thinking almost too of too much about the like the physical characteristics and things like that, less about the the acting chops or the uh, the voice or that kind of stuff. But yeah, I couldn't okay. come up with anybody for Darth Vader. No one was just like, oh, that is Darth Vader. Yeah. Okay. Um, go ahead. Princess Leia. Do you have anybody for Princess Leia? I had Leia? nobody for Princess Leia. Yeah. I struggled with that one too. I, all the main characters, really. Yeah, I have um, Carrie Switzer. She's in the art history department, okay. and I don't know if you've ever talked to her, but she just uh, is just seems like she'd be a really tough, uh, like uh, strong uh, character. So I think that really embodies Princess Leia. So that's why I have her for Princess Leia. So. I could see. I'm just. What about? I don't know if you know Robin Rutnick from uh, Communications. I could see her pulling that off. Kind of. She's got that sense yeah. of humor like Leia has, um, but has that kind of intensity too. Could yeah. see that. Yeah. All right. Give me um, one. What do I have here? Um, let's see. I'm going to say the best for last. Um, well, just kind of flipping through the directory and looking at pictures. That was part of it too. And I don't know if you've had a chance yet to meet much um, Kevin Carlson, who's our compliance officer, and, by the way, a huge Star Wars fan. Um, so me and Christopher Waugh, our dean of students, and Kevin Carlson had a nice lunch several months back, when several months back now, uh, when we were still in session, just talking about Star Wars stuff. Um, so I learned that he's a big Star Wars fan. But I could see him pulling off a Han Solo or Han Solo-like character, uh, a scoundrel type smuggler pilot, maybe rebel squad leader kind of person. He just he just has that kind of look and way about him. I think he could pull that off, and and he should take that as a great compliment if he ever listens to this podcast. So, <laughs> yeah, I think that would be a good one. I had um, so I'm a history major, so I know all the history professors. I had uh, Dan Lacour uh, because I think he just exudes Han Solo energy. I was looking for a good place for Dan, and I could definitely see that. Yeah. Um, but then, speaking of Han, I have Larry Skillen as Chewbacca. 
Um, not only okay. because he used, he used to have really long hair. That's not the only reason yeah. why, but I, I remember that. Now he has really down. short hair. Well, maybe he yeah. has long hair again. We haven't seen him. <laughs> right. He might. Um, but I think uh, Larry's Chewbacca would be really good to um, uh, dance Han Solo because I feel like Chewbacca sometimes is like the voice of reason uh, to Han. So I think uh, Larry would be a good – or Dr. Stone would be a good one. Oh, well, see, for Chewbacca, I had straight up Matthew Coomber from the theology <laughs> department. Well, he's got the height, he's got the the beard, he's got he's got the height and the hair, but he also has that kind of like gentle lumbering way about him, you know. Um yeah. but you also probably wouldn't want to make him mad. Right. I, I, I don't think yeah. there's a mean bone in his body, but you know, like No. Yeah. Um, I could see yeah, him. Now that you explain, I can see him as that. I had him as Obi-Wan. I had Matthew Coomber as Obi-Wan because okay. I just think Matthew Cooper is so wise, and I would listen to everything that he said. So Okay. I, I think our that. casting choices are coming down more to, like, physicality versus, uh, versus like, personality. And you are all on the personality side, yeah. and I'm more, like, on the physicality side of things. But that's, that's all right. Um, okay. I had for C-3PO, what do you think about this? Dan Reardon Hale. I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. Um, and or he could be running all of the various puppets and doing the voices for a host of salacious crumb-like alien characters. Yes. And here's the I don't like C-3PO, and I cast uh, Dan uh, Rodden Hale as C-3PO because I want to like him, okay? I oh. want to like him. He would do a really good job. He would, he would make a more. Yeah, that'd be good. Yeah. Um, let's see. What else you got on your list? I have, for Yoda, I have two different people. I originally had one, but then I thought of another person that could also do it. So for Yoda, I have either Sister Joan, but if Sister Joan, because she's a busy woman, if she's unavailable, I think a good second choice would be Pam from the cast. Yeah, yeah. I thought about Sister Joan for that role, too, but I had a different one picked out for her. Um, Which one? I just think uh, she would make the perfect rebel general or admiral. I can just see her standing with her arms behind her back or moving her hands in front of her like she does sometimes when she talks at these addresses and stuff like that in front of, like, a big holographic um, display and saying something like, uh, the tactical readouts of this new battle station obtained at great cost by our spies uh, indicate a small but significant weakness that we should be able to exploit. May the force be with you always. Yes. Can't you just hear her saying that? Yes. Actually, yes. That would, yes. Yes, yeah. that would be very good. And I actually had to write that out a little bit for myself because I was going to botch it otherwise. But definitely I could see her as like the rebel commander general kind of type. So. Yeah. Would what you else you got? Luke? I didn't have anybody for Luke. You know, maybe... Maybe I'd go with Tad Rutnick for Luke. Yeah. Okay. I'm, Tad's a good one. I Blossy. had uh, the man, the myth, the legend, uh, Jason Richter. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I literally could have cast Jason Richter in all of these roles, and he would have been amazing because he's a man of many talents. <laughs> and he just 
is just a hard worker, and I think he could just do a one-man show. Star Wars, the one-man show starring Jason right. Richter. Right. And Jason and uh, his stunt double is obviously Christopher Waugh, because I um, mix him up all the time. <laughs> and I, I, I think I waved to Christopher Waugh one time, and I thought it was Jason, and he was nice enough to wave back to me, but then I realized that it wasn't Jason. People are doing it all the time and have been for a full year now, almost, since uh, Christopher came on, so... Uh, the only one that I had other, so this is probably a little bit too typecasting too because they have kind of a similar build, but they also have a similar accent, um, and that is um, for Rebel Captain Cassian Andor from Rogue One, which I rewatched last week, which was awesome. Uh, for Cassian Andor, definitely Dr. Alfredo McLaughlin from the philosophy department, who I don't know that you know, but um, oh, Alfredo's from, from Argentina, and of course the actor for Cassian Andor in Rogue One, uh, Diego Luna is from Mexico, um, but they both have goatees. They kind of have that 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 slight build, so I thought, yeah, I could definitely see him pulling that yeah. off. So that sounds like a good one. Um, the last couple that I have, I have another really nice guy in an evil character, and that is Ethan Ganaway as Kylo Ren. Yeah, yeah, maybe, yeah. It would definitely be acting for him, though, because uh, yeah. you're right. He's just I, I just don't see him being that kind of broody type or angry type at all. But, yeah. But I would love to see what he could do with that. Yeah, it'd be fun. Um, and then I have BBA. I have Annika Marquez from uh, the archive. <laughs> yes, I like it. Because Annika is so helpful. Like whenever I had to do papers in the archives and stuff, she's so helpful um, with helping me get the right things and um, leading me where to go. And I feel like that's just BBA energy. Yep. Um, yes. Also, she's Cheerful, really funny. Helpful. BBA is really funny. So I think. I think you're onto something there. That's a pretty good that, list. The last one, though, I have R2D2, and I struggled with this one. Father Tom, okay. I struggled. But I finally settled on uh, Father Tom as R2-D2. Wow. I'm I'm honored and perplexed. <laughs> what is R2-D2 about me? Because I just think, I think you just, <laughs> me, are good at helping uh, within a crisis. I think you would be really, I mean, obviously I've never been in a crisis with you, but I, I think. <laughs> Well, he gets the adult deal. I, I like I say, I'm honored. I mean, he's a great character. Also, yeah, uh, I just think it would be really fun. You and and if I had to play him in live action, I could probably actually fit in that little canister. So yeah, good. yeah. Anyway, that's my list. <laughs> that is fantastic. That is fantastic. I didn't have anybody else on my list. I, I shared all of mine, but um, that was a fun little uh, little imaginative project for us. So. Good. Um, I did, as I mentioned, rewatch Rogue One. So I finished episodes one, two, and three. Then I watched Rogue One, and then I actually watched episode four, the original Star Wars again. And that's a great order to do it in, because Rogue One, of course, brings you right up to the point of episode four, and then going right into episode four, it's like, wow, this connects so well. It's beautiful. So I'll probably continue through the trilogy from there on and see where it goes. But that's awesome. well, I know where it goes, but I'll enjoy it all the all the more. So. What's going to happen? Oh, I don't know. Yeah. 
Well, as always, um, good to talk with you. Time flies, but we got a lot covered in this week's podcast, so um, we'll we'll plan to do it again next week. Mm-hmm. And tune in to us on SoundCloud or Spotify or iTunes. So we're we're out there. Find the faith awakens. All right, yeah. Meg, I'll let you bring us home. All right, may the faith be with you and with your spirit. Have a good week. <laughs>